We're talking about the next generation this morning, so I wanted to take an opportunity um, to show you what's happened during the week uh, here in this place. So Carl and Alex and some others who, who gave them support um, in, in preparing for that and running that through the week have ran a, a holiday playgroup here for four days during the past week, and, and some of us get to pop in and see that, some of us get to be a part of that, uh, but, it, but some of us don't get to see that. So I wanted to take the opportunity to show us um, some of Alex's phenomenal photography, but also um, some pictures of what's been going on here during the week. And so the holiday playgroup, it's, it's, it's not a time where we present the gospel to people, it's a time that we just seek to connect and engage with the local community to build relationships that opportunities might come later, that we can love them with the love of Jesus uh, in the hope, not just in the hope, just so that we can simply love them, but, but also with the hope that we can tell them about Jesus. And so here's some pictures from that week. This is one of our own, and, and there's lots more people at Playgroup that don't come to this church, but it's easier to get permission from people we know well to use their photography. So it's not just people that, from our church that came. Um, so there was some Mr Potato Head action, uh, some little people, some bus action, lots of craft and Play-Doh, uh, lots of happy people. Um, engaging with their families. Um, Lynn was there with Bubbles, um, and Lynn Pilbrow, uh, and Bubbles. That's a great uh, combination. I'm, I'm excited about what that might have been like. I wasn't there on that day. Um, there was a ball pit, uh, and that's pretty well all you need to know, uh, that it was fun and um, a joyful time. And I think, uh, no, this is it. This is, uh, there's also some they magnets, Carl, some magnet fun. Um, and craft. And so this is a great uh, opportunity for us to connect with the local community. And, wh and whether you can be a part of that or not, I encourage you, if you've got time during school holidays, to be a part of that. Um, the next one's coming up, the next school holidays. But even if you don't have a time to be there for it or even help prepare for it, you're a part of it because you're a part of this church family. This is something that we do together. Um, and so I just want to congratulate Carl and Alex on a job well done with that. Um, and uh, Deb told us that next week Messy Church is on and this is actually going to be our second Messy Church and so I also wanted to show you again some of Alex's great photography but uh, some pictures of the first Messy Church that we had um, the week before Easter and so um, this picture doesn't quite capture the, the awesomeness of all the different craft activities that were available and so the idea with Messy Church is you come and there's a whole bunch of craft activities and for people that feel like they have to do everything, it may have been a little bit stressful, but you get to choose a few different craft activities that you want to do. Um, and the idea is not just send your kids off to the craft table, uh, but to sit and engage with them and talk about what, they're, what you're doing because all of the activities are shaped around the theme uh, for that week. And so last week, at last Messy Church, it was Easter, um, and, and the one coming up is to be... Confirmed. I'm not. I'm not allowed to tell you. It's not. It's above my pay grade to tell you that. Um, and so here's the place filled. I think we had over 40 people here, maybe 50. Um, it was lots of fun, and and lots of people from our church family engaging with their kids, uh, probably in a way that we rarely get to do. Um, but also lots of people who don't regularly connect with the Sunday morning church coming in and 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 connecting with their families around the message of Easter. Um, this is just a closer up of some of the craft. Some of it was edible. I don't know if that's going to happen this time, but there will be edible craft um, next time. And I'm not just talking about craft glue. Plaid glue is technically edible. I'm talking about chocolate edible. Um, and, and these were uh, stained glass windows of the cross, and we still have these up in uh, 
in our uh, house on, on our photo display area, which is a very um, significant area to be able to get a piece of craft onto, so um, you can tell that the craft is good. Um, there's the edible with the, with the cross. And, and so I just wanted to show you some of the things that, are, that we're doing in the life of our church. And I haven't shown you pictures this morning of our awesome kids' church that's, that's about um, connecting with young people and, and teaching them about Jesus. I haven't shown you pictures of our youth groups that we do in partnerships with the other churches. I haven't shown you pictures about Babes in Arms, which is coming up. And, and so I want to say we're doing a lot in this space as a church about telling the next generation about the Lord, about connecting with those outside the church um, that we might show them the love of Jesus and, and hopefully tell them um, about the Lord. Um, but this morning I want to talk about this, this psalm and the, and the next generation and, and I want to pray at the end for, for the people who are involved in that. But this, pardon me, this morning I don't want to talk about the programs that we run as a church, as awesome as they are, to connect with the next generation and tell them about Jesus. I want I want to talk about our responsibility of all of us. And I'm not just talking about the parents. I'm not just talking about the parents of young people. I'm not just talking about um, people who have children of any age. I'm talking about the responsibility for all of us who follow and worship the name of Jesus to tell the next generation about him. Uh, and, and so I want to focus on this this morning because we can run the world's greatest uh, kids' church program um, and, and uh, as awesome as it is, it's going to be even better in term three um, as we shift to a, to a new program. But we can run the best church, kids' church program in the world, um, but that's still only going to be about an hour a week. We can have the greatest messy church experience, um, but that's only going to be a couple hours a month. We can have... The, the best avenues of connecting with our local community that don't let know, yet know Jesus, but those programs are only, at best, we, we run most of them monthly or once a term or, or even if we could get to once a week, it's still only going to be a small window of people's lives and, and I can guarantee you probably as, 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 as exciting as it is to have 70 people come to the last Babes in Arms movie, um, you probably rub shoulders with far more than 70 people during the week who, who don't yet know Jesus every day. And so I want to highlight our responsibility as followers of Jesus to, to tell the next generation about him. And, and so I like this psalm, um, Psalm 78, and I, I think it's got a great way to start a message. Um, in Psalm 78, uh, verses 1 and 2, the, the writer of this psalm says this, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. And I kind of just want to, uh, not after reading the psalm, but one day I just want to start a sermon that, that way, just stand in front of the church and say, my church, my church family, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things of old. Essentially, the, the writer of the psalms is saying, everybody listen to what I'm about to say. If you've had children or you have children now, who are young, you'll, you'll be familiar with the experience of like, hey, give me your eyes, give me your eyes. Are you, are you, show me, you might be listening, but show me that you're listening. And inevitably they want to look over here and if the TV's on over there, it's really hard to get their attention. But, but everyone who's had children will have had that experience of, of, of saying to their children, I want your intention, it's important that you listen to what I'm saying. 
And so this is, this is what the psalmist is saying to all of us, all of God's people. He's saying, you need to pay attention. You need to take note of what I am about to say. And what does the writer of the, the Psalms want us to hear? Well, it's, it's this. It is, we must tell the next generation about the Lord. We must tell the next generation about the Lord. He, he goes on to say, in the next few verses, he's saying, I'll open my mouth, I'm going to utter things in a parable, listen to me, and he's going to say, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants, that is, our own children, our own next generation. We will tell the next generation. We must tell the next generation about the Lord. We cannot, we must not neglect this responsibility. And so I want to say to parents, and I've said this morning, this isn't just about parents, but I want to say to those of us that are parents, whether your children are in utero um, or 60, 50 years old, that your number one responsibility as a parent is to tell the next generation about the Lord, to, to tell your children about the Lord. Our number one priority, our number one responsibility is not making sure they're in the right school. It's not making sure they have the right diet. It, it is not making sure they have the right friends. It's not making sure that... Uh, for older kids, they're in a nice, safe vehicle. It's not making sure they go to the right university. Our number one responsibility is not making sure that their worldly existence goes well. Those things are valuable and important things to do as a parent. I'm not belittling any of that. But those things pale in significance and priority compared to the importance of telling our children about the Lord. Our number one priority is to tell the next generation about the Lord. But as I've said, this is, this is about more than just people with, with young children. It's more, about, more than about people with children of any, any age. It's more than just parents. This is, this is for all of us a challenge to think about what do we want to leave behind. I've been just really feeling the weight and, and having a heart, uh, and I believe it's from the Holy Spirit recently, about how short and fleeting this life is. Uh, I'm not being kind of morose or, or not thinking I'm about to die for some reason, but, but just this real impression from God about how short this life is and, and how long eternity is by comparison. And... Uh, should Jesus not come back, how long the world will keep spinning once I'm gone? How long this church will hopefully be in existence once I'm gone? How, how long my line of descendants will exist once I'm gone? And, and, and so I've been feeling a real heart for that. And so this psalm, this psalm challenges us to think about what do we want to leave behind? What will go on as a result of our life, once our life in this world has ended. This is about leaving a legacy. 
This is about leaving a wake behind us, hopefully for good. And so I want you to capture this morning, if, if, you're, if you're someone who either doesn't have children uh, of your own or, or your children are grown up and, and they're already perhaps people of faith and so you think, well, I've, I've ticked this box, I, I want to encourage you to seek to have more children. If you don't have children, I want to encourage you to, to have some children. And I don't mean that, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're at a stage of life where that's possible for you, then, then go for it. Uh, but I don't mean that in the physical sense. I mean that in the spiritual sense. I, I want to read to you, it's a beautiful piece of scripture. And it's from 1 Timothy, it's the Apostle Paul's um, letter to, um, to Timothy, uh, someone he le- led to the Lord and, and, and mentored in ministry and I just want to read to you 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I want to encourage you, to have as many children as you possibly can in the spiritual sense. I want to encourage you to live a life that leads you to a place where, where you can write with all authenticity as Paul does to Brian, to Steve, to, to Michael, to Sarah, to Jessica, to, 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 to people that you can say truly of my son, my daughter in the faith. That there will be people in your life who you lead to the Lord, who you, who you mentor, who you mother or father in a spiritual sense, that, that in every sense of the word, yet bi- but biological, they're your children. And so this morning I want to encourage us that it's all of our responsibility to tell the next generation. That begins with our own children if we have children, but it's so much bigger than that. It's about what legacy do we want to leave behind. And, and I want to encourage you to leave a legacy of many children. Jesus says that anybody who obeys the will of the Father is, is, is the child of the Father, but he also says the true children of Abraham are those who believe in Jesus. That, that Father Abraham has many sons, as the old children's church song goes, um, which we should probably amend to many sons and daughters. Um, but he has many sons and daughters, not just biologically, but spiritually, because all who put their trust in Jesus are the descendants of Abraham through faith. And so I want to encourage you this morning to have many children, many in the next generation, um, who can call you a spiritual mother or father. And the good thing about that is you can be a spiritual mother or father to someone who's older than you. It doesn't The next generation and... and and you'll notice that not all the pictures on the screen are children. The next generation is just the next wave of people who will know the Lord. And so the psalm goes on and, and there's two key things about the Lord that the psalmist highlights that he wants us to show and tell and, and, and lead the next generation into. And so we must tell the next generation about the Lord and the, the first thing we need to tell them is of the Lord's power displayed throughout history. That we need to tell testimony of what God has done. And so in Psalm 40, uh, 78, 
verse 4 in its entirety, it says, We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. And so the first thing we need to tell the next generation is what God has done. We need to tell the next generation about the power and the awesomeness of God. Not in abstract theology, but in concrete historical fact. We need to tell the next generation about the the great testimonies of what God has done in the Bible. The testimony of of God creating all that is. The testimony of, of God stewarding his people about promising redemption through Abraham's seed, about about the rescue of his people from Egypt, about the rescue of all people through Jesus, about the healings that Jesus did, about the, the healings that was, were done in Jesus' names through those who followed Jesus. We need, we need to tell the next generation that God is a powerful, awesome God and we know because he has done this and that and this and that. But I also want to encourage you that that's not just about the Bible stories. It's about telling the next generation things that you have seen God do in your life. It's about telling the next generation the the stories that your your brothers and sisters in faith will will tell you about what God has done in his life, in their life, in her life, in his life. We need to tell the next generation about the stories of God's wonderful deeds from the Bible, but, but we also need to tell them about what he has done in our life. Um, and if you were here or, or you've had a chance to listen to Deb's message last week, and, and again, if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to, because it was filled with testimony of what God had done. Of, of times where, uh, to, to, to use the metaphor of the widow and the prophet, where, where, the, where the widow was asked to, to give first from, from having nothing left to the Lord, and, and the result was that there was always enough to feed herself, her son and the prophet for many months. And, 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 but Deb told not just that story from the Bible, but she told the story of how that reality of who God is has played itself out over and over and over again in their life when there shouldn't have been money left to buy groceries that week, but God provided money in the mailbox. When, when there shouldn't have been provision for, for a vehicle, when they didn't know that they were going to need a vehicle, they didn't know that their vehicle was going to be blowing up unexpectedly but they were given a vehicle just before that happened and 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 deb told testimony after testimony of god's wonderful deeds and and so these are the things we need to tell the next generation as well not just our own children but but those who 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 are going to be the next wave of believers we need to tell them the wonderful deeds the lord has done I want to take you to Joshua 4 and encourage you to have a look at it and highlight it um, if you've got a Bible with you. If not, um, I'm going to read it for you. I'm just going to read Joshua 4, 4 to 7. And, and so this is, this is uh, how this kind of thing was established in the life of God's people Israel, his ancient people. Uh, and, and I'm just reading a snippet, but this is all from God's instruction to Joshua of what he should do. And, and the context of what I'm about to read is that Israel were on the very edge of the promised land. They'd been rescued from Egypt by by God's mighty hand. Um, But they failed to trust God to 
to, to give them the promised land. And so they wandered in the wilderness, in the desert for a generation, for 40 years. And, and, and the old generation who didn't trust God had all passed away. And there was a new generation on the verge of the promised land. But uh, they were to cross into the, into the promised land across the Jordan River in a season of flood. When, when the river was at its highest, when those who lived in the land wouldn't have been expecting any invasion. Uh, and so what God did is, as the um, priests carried the ark of God's presence, the, 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 the box covered in gold that represented the presence of God with his people Israel, as they carried, carried it in to the, the waters of the Jordan, and there's a sermon in that, they had to march into the Jordan before the waters stopped, but we won't go down that rabbit trail. But as they marched into the Jordan... The water stopped and the entire nation of Israel marched across the Jordan on dry land. And so in Joshua 4, 4, uh, 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, So Joshua called together the, tw- the twelve men, that was one man from each tribe, he had pointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a, up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of, of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And so under God's instruction, what Joshua did with the people of Israel while the water was still cut off, while the Jordan was still cut off from flowing uh, in that miraculous, wonderful act of God, he got them to take a stone from each tribe of Israel that crossed over the Jordan and to pile it up on the other side of the Jordan. That these stones were from the very bed of the river that, that should have been covered in deep water but was dry for Israel to cross. And they simply piled those stones up so that in the future... When they were walking past, their children would say to their parents, what is that pile of stones there for? That, that couldn't have happened as a natural act and that was going to be the opportunity for the parents to say, they are there because God allowed us to cross the Jordan into the promised land on dry land in a season of flood. That in that moment, God fulfilled the promise that he gave over 400 years earlier. That in that moment, God fulfilled the promise that he gave 40 years earlier when he freed the people of Israel, that he would give them the promised land. In that moment, God was faithful through a miraculous and wonderful deed. And so God instructed Joshua and he instructed the people to to set up monuments in their life to the things that God had done. And so I want to encourage us this morning that, that one way we tell the next generation about the Lord is to set up monuments in our life to the things that God has done. Not idols, not statues to worship, not, not things like that, but monuments that we essentially trip over so that our children will say, what's, what's that there for? So that we might have opportunity to give answer, to share of the great deeds that God has done in our life. Those monuments might be a physical pile of stone. It it, it might be a habit, a routine in your family. It it might be anything that you can think of that will work for you. But I want to encourage you that that we're called to tell the next generation of the Lord's power displayed throughout history 
all of history, but our own history as well. Let the next generation know that God is alive and active today. So the first thing is that we tell them that God is a powerful God, that God acts in our life. And the second thing that the psalmist highlights is that we need to teach them the word of the Lord. We teach them that God is powerful, that he's alive, that he's active, that he has done wonderful deeds and he continues to do wonderful deeds. But we also need to teach the next generation the word of the Lord. He goes on in, in Psalm uh, 78 verses 5 and 6 to say this, He that is God decreed statutes for Jacob, that's a, referring to one of the tribes of Israel, seeking to refer to the whole. Uh, he decreed statutes for Jacob, that's God's people, and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would teach their children. And so the psalmist says that we're, we're to take this, we're to take the word of the Lord, which we're blessed to have more of than the time the psalm was written. We've got more revelation that includes the New Testament, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that includes the letters of the early church that, that give us such insight into what it means to be in Jesus. But the psalmist, preemptively of all that, says we're, we're to take this, and teach it to the next generation, that they would teach it to the next generation, that, that they would teach it to the next generation, that, that the word of the Lord essentially becomes not a, a book on a shelf, but a baton to be passed on. That we take this and hand it to our children. And not just as a book, but, but that we would teach them the word of the Lord. When Josh was here two weeks ago and as I listened to his message, he, he asked about, in, in terms of spiritual warfare, he asked about how's your swordsmanship? Because uh, the New Testament r refers to uh, the, the word of the Lord as, as the sword of the Spirit. And so he encouraged all of us to, to, to brush up on our swordsmanship. And um, I'm into uh, to fantasy novels and, and, and also kind of medieval history and, and one of the kind of tropes in those novels is how much time they spend uh, in the practice yard just practicing their swordsmanship so that if the time of battle comes they're, they're, they're ready, they're strong. The, the, the blacksmiths in those times were working overtime just even in peace times making sure there was a sharp edge on every sword. And so I, I want to reaffirm Josh's encouragement to brush up on your swordsmanship but I also want to encourage us to teach our children how to use a sword. to teach our children not just about what the Bible is, but to teach them not just the text of God's Word, but teach them to know God's Word, to live God's Word, to have it in them so that when battle comes in their own life, they can draw their own sword and the edge is sharp and they know how to use it. But also so that they would have it inhabiting them so that they could then teach the next generation. We have this bias to think that we live in the epoch of history, that, that all of history has culminated to now and that we live in the moment. But again, I want to encourage us that there, should the Lord not return for, for time to come, there will be generation after generation after generation after generation that follows us. 
And our role is to pass the baton, to pass the sword, to teach them how to use God's word, how to know God's word and how to live according to God's word. In Deuteronomy, and again, if, you, if you've got your Bibles with you, I encourage you to turn there. It's um, just before Joshua. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, God gives instruction to his Old Testament, his ancient people about how to do this in the life of their families. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. And so God is saying to his people that, that these commandments, the word of the Lord, should be all around you. Again, so that you should trip over it in your life. God's people, Israel, took much of this very literally, and so they would have boxes with scripture scrolls in their, on their forearms and in their on their, on, their forearms, on their foreheads and on their forearms and they would write scripture on their doorposts and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that if the heart of it's there and the heart of it is, is this not that God necessarily literally wants us to write scripture on our bodies but that God wants us to be so surrounded with his word that our children will run into it that our children will see it in the home, they will know it in their life, they will have the same opportunity like a pile of stones. What's that about? They'll, they'll see the words of the Lord in their life. That They'll run into it. So I want to encourage you, however you do that, whether it is putting simply posters up in your home with passages of Scripture. In my entire childhood, there was a poster on the back of the toilet door with a, with a I can't remember the picture exactly, uh, in every toilet door in our house, but it had a, just a verse of scripture. And I can remember one of them is, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, your whole spirit and your whole strength. That, that every time I went to the bathroom, I was confronted or encouraged by, is probably a better word, with scripture. Like it seems not significant at the time, but, but our house and I think my parents for the opportunity I had to ra be raised in a our home that, that, that worship the Lord and we don't all have that opportunity but, but we have the opportunity to shape the home that the next generation grows up in. And so whether it's putting up posters on the wall, whether it's, it's, it's doing devotions with your children, whether it's bringing them to church regularly as hard as it often is and um, we have three young boys and, and um more so because I'm, I'm busy working in the morning. I've got a I've got job to do most mornings. Uh, Christy serves much in the life of the church um, as well. But, but I know more from Christy than from myself that sometimes when you bring your kids to work, to, work, to church, same thing for me, um, you can go home thinking, was there any point? I was just chasing this one to the bathroom, changing that one's nappy. I was 
you know, that one was screaming and so I had to take them out the back and was there any point? And, and I want to encourage you, and again, it's not all about parents of young children, but I want to encourage especially parents of young children that it is worth it. Thank you, Samson, for giving us a, a great illustration this morning of that. But, but it is worth it to bring your children to, to the house of God, to the, to the church family, week in, week out, so that they might run into God's Word. That they might be surrounded by it. That they might be filled up in kids' church, which is back in a couple of weeks' time after the holidays. That they might be filled up with the knowledge of God's Word. That they might run into it and know it. That their swordsmanship might be sharpened. And so I want to encourage you to build piles of stones, either literally or metaphorically, that, that your children will be asking you about the things that God has done in your life, that you take responsibility to tell your children about the things God has done in history and in your life, and also that you shape your life so that your family and those that come into your home, those that coexist next to you in your workplace or, or friendship relationships, that they keep running into God's Word that they trip over it in a sense. And so we must tell the next generation about the Lord. We must tell them about the wonderful deeds, His power displayed throughout history. We must tell them about the word of the Lord. And the reason for that is that they then would put their trust in God. Our hope for the next generation, the, the legacy that I want to leave and I hope you want to leave, is that they then would put their trust in God. This is what he says in, in verse 7, that they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commandments. That, that again there shows that it's, the, it's knowing the power of God and the word, the, the commandments of God is, is what our, our next generation need to know. You see, we don't want to have just a kids' church program that teaches our kids about God's word but shows them nothing of God's power. But we also don't want to have a kids' church program that, that's just about Bible story but doesn't teach them how to, to follow and know and, and live God's Word. We, we want to put the both together, but this is our hope of a legacy that we want to leave. A generation of faith. See, a time will come when none of us will be here. It's wonderful and, and welcome, as Deb's already said, to some new faces um, today. And, and it's wonderful to see the church grow and, and, and to see God blessing the church here and now and, and to see the now of God be displayed. But, but we need to hold that intention with the reality that one day none of us will be here. It was confronting listening to Josh Redding's message who Today is their last day in Australia before they fly to Turkey permanently to be missionaries. And he was talking about uh, most of the letters we read in the New Testament are written either from or to a church in Turkey, in modern-day Turkey. Yet it's the nation in the world uh, with one of the lowest percentages of believers today. And I'm not blaming any particular church along that road, but... But what do we want to leave behind? We don't want to just have a great few years here at Yas Community Baptist Church where the church grew and, 
It was wonderful and we had a great time together and we praised God and God did wonderful things. We want to leave something behind. So my heart increasingly is that whatever God does here and now in us and through us is just a stepping stone for the next generation. That, that as, as, as to steal a phrase, I've heard a lot of people say, that, that our ceiling, the, the, the heights that we achieve in God's power would just be the, the floor for the next generation to come. That, that there would be a generation to follow us in Yassin, around Australia and around the world that know both the power and the word of God. And so what do you want to leave behind? What do you want your legacy to be? And so this morning as Carl comes, I, I want to pray for all of us, but first I do just want to pray for those that are, that are actively, uh, I've said it's not, it's not about the programs and the ministry, we need to all be involved in telling the next generation. But I do as we have a break from, from kids' church and, um, and playgroups finished and we've got messy church next week and uh, kind of in the midst of all of that stuff. I do want to pray especially for those that in the life of our church have taken up the the sword to lead the charge uh, in that sense. I do want to pray for them, but then uh, I'm going to pray for all of us that that God would fill us with a, a burning desire for that which is to come when we're no longer here, that we would be filled with a burning desire to leave a legacy of a generation that would know the power and the word of God. Hmm. But so first join me with him in prayer. Uh, for those who lead our, our various kid next generation oriented ministries. And I'm not going to ask you to, to stand because I didn't warn you, so I won't embarrass you. But so, Father, we just thank you for those who do have such a burning passion that the next generation would know you. Be that through people who engage in connecting and engaging ministries, whether that's through our kids' church team or youth groups or or messy church whoever it is and whatever program they're involved in Lord I pray for those that have the heart and the passion to see the next generation know the power and the word of God Father I pray that you would pour fuel on the fire of their passion that it won't be stunted that it won't grow weary that it won't burn out or fizzle out, Lord, I pray that you would throw fuel on the fire of their passion to see the next generation know you. Father, I pray that they would be given resources in the natural and the spiritual to to accomplish the task that you set before them. Father, I pray that you would empower them in the spirit with wisdom and power to not just teach but to show the power of God in their own lives. Father, I pray for all of us, be we parents uh, of young children, of, of teenagers, of adults, or whether we be people that not yet or will not have children, Lord. I pray for all of us that you would give us a passion the next generation. I pray that you would give us a desire for many children in the spiritual sense. 
that we would be filled with a desire to go forth and multiply spiritual children that we would lead to Jesus and disciple in his name. Father, I, I pray that you would do great things in our life here, that you would do great things in this season uh, at Yass Community Baptist Church, in this season in Yass and Australia and, and, and our world, Lord. I pray that you would do great things in our lifetime. I pray that we would see wonderful, marvellous deeds. I pray that we would see many come to faith in you. But I pray that our legacy would be a generation that goes far beyond anything we've ever hoped or dreamed. I pray that our legacy as a church and as individuals would be a generation. A great generation that know the power of God and that know His Word. Raise up a generation. I pray that we would be all faithful to the task of telling the next generation about the Lord. I pray this in His name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.